Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it, everybody? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings on this Tuesday from the Smoothie King Center Studios in downtown New Orleans. I'm Sean Kelly. We've got a lot to talk about today. Hey, how about that win for the Saints last night? Excellent. Six and eight now is the mark. Sole possession of first place in the NFC South for the first time this season. As, of course, the Saints beat the Bears last night 31-15. to Seven sacks for the Saints defense. They won the turnover battle last night. Drew Brees was lights out. Unbelievable. And I thought that there was a great balanced attack offensively. All the diversive uh, uh, personnel groupings, the uh, variety of balls caught by guys and the running game uh, by committee, but uh, strong and led by Mark Ingram last night. I, I just thought, you know, it was really nice. And, and uh, while, I, while I heard so much of the, you know, how bad the Bears were, which they were uh, after the game, I didn't want to take away from the football team that, uh, that we follow here in New Orleans and what they did uh, as far as taking last week against Carolina, working through it, and then putting on a performance outside in the weather against Chicago last night to put themselves in this position now uh, to uh, to go to the playoffs. <laughs> Win the division, yes, but, but go to the playoffs. Oh, and host, by the way. So that sets up a big week for all of us, as you might imagine, over on campus. And uh, it'll be a quick turnaround here for the Saints as they now get ready for the home game against the Atlanta Falcons. So that road winning streak now for the Saints at three games Hopefully we'll take that magic and uh, get this thing turned around at home starting on Sunday. We've got a big week as far as guests go, of course, and previewing Saints and Falcons coming up. But today we're going to look back on last night uh, one more time real quick, and we're going to do so with Jonathan Stinchcomb. Of course, uh, John, the Super Bowl champion, and uh, one of my broadcast partners during the uh, Saints preseason games on television is back with us today. First time for him on our program in quite some time. But uh, I asked him yesterday, I said, will you watch the game tonight um, and, and watch it very closely so that we can have a good visit tomorrow? And he said, absolutely. And so we'll welcome him back coming up in our next segment. 
Um, and then real quick before we get back to football, I do want to mention that uh, Drew Holiday is a really cool guest for us here today on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, certainly we're going to talk about basketball, but there's a lot more to talk about with one of the most interesting guys on the Pelicans roster. We'll do that, and we'll do it as a part of our preview of tonight's home Pelicans game here at the Smoothie King Center as they host the Utah Jazz. Uh, and that, you know, a win tonight, a win tonight makes for a great homestand. This first three-game homestand of the season, you would have taken two of three and set yourself up here for the remainder of the month as we're about halfway through. So um, all I've asked for from the Pelicans, and I'm going to talk about this more at the end of the month, is with the strength of the schedule they've had to play in November and December, just be at 500, maybe a little bit better, when we go to January 1. And a win tonight goes a long way in helping make that happen when you look at what lies ahead for the rest of the month and what you've already accomplished, uh, especially that win against Cleveland at the start of this homestand, goes a long way um, in getting that goal accomplished and putting you in position that then makes some hay in January and February when the schedule is a little more favorable to uh, to making a move in the playoff standings. So keep that in mind. Um, all right, so that's Drew Holiday. That'll be a little bit later in the show. We'll talk more about tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Jazz here in just a moment. Let's go back to last night. Again, as I mentioned, Drew Brees was unbelievable last night. At one stretch during the game, he had com- completed 14 straight passes. That was his longest such streak of the season. And at the end of the ball game. He had not only eclipsed 4,000 yards yet again, but he has the Saints in first place. You know, uh, I just think we we responded well as a team. You know, um, man, we were we were uh, embarrassed about what happened last week, and uh, we know we we're better than that. And um, certainly a, a great sense of urgency going into this game, just knowing what's at stake and you know what a win would do for us. You know, um, not only in the standings, but just from a confidence standpoint, and you know. It sets us up for <laughs> no bigger game than, than, than what's coming up this week, you know, against Atlanta at home. Drew, one of the things you mentioned last week was maturity level. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I here's what I saw. I, I saw a lot of enthusiasm. I saw a lot of guys just man ready to play, and uh, I think just ready to go out there and turn it loose, you know, and, and not playing with any inhibitions, not playing with any, um, you know, caution or just. Um, you know, paralysis by over-analysis, just, you know, just going out and playing ball and, and, and doing it like we know how we can do. Are you going to find out more about this team in the coming week than you did this week, the way they respond? To, yeah. To- yeah. I think we've shown a couple times that we can respond from adversity. Let's, 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 let's make sure we can handle success, too. Is that a growing pace thing? I mean, that, is, is that one thing? Oh, man. Learning how to handle success is – as important or more important than than handling the adversity. I mean, we we've all been in those situations enough. I mean, typically when you lose a game, it's you know everybody's coming in and you're real hard on yourself, and the coaches are on you, and you know that week of practice is you know amped up a little bit. And but it's the the tendency after success is to relax, and it's not time to relax. It's time to man hit the pedal to the metal and continue to get better. Uh, well, yeah, the, the last four games at home haven't been very good. The last three games on the road have been pretty good. So, um, well, we'd like to be good everywhere. Um, forget historically what, you know, I mean, bottom line is it doesn't matter where we play. It doesn't matter who we play. 
Um, we know if we play Saints football and worry about our execution and our togetherness, then that's all that matters. Now, on the defensive side of the football, there's a lot to talk about. Again, as they made uh, or completed rather seven sacks of Jay Cutler last night, the uh, Saints defense also was uh, timely in uh, several of their stops and also won the, the uh, turnover battle. One of the guys key in that turnover battle was Pierre Warren. Yep, Pierre Warren had two interceptions last night and I'm sure had a big smile on his face when uh, they caught up with him in the post-game locker room. Uh, well, the first one was just towards the end of the half, and we knew they was going probably going deep, trying to get a, at least a, t- a field goal or a touchdown. So I was just trying not to get beat deep, and the ball happened. <laughs> and then the second one, um, 28 West Bank, he, he had helped me out on that one. He told him he had figured something out, so he told me to get over top of him, and I was in the right place. Yeah, you were away for a while. It didn't seem like it took you a long time to reacclimate to what you had seen here. Right. How, how long did it take you to kind of get back into the group? It didn't take too long because I already knew the defense still coming back into it. But just getting the game speed, re- uh, getting game speed ready, that took probably the first series of the Ravens game. But I think I'm ready. Now to walk back in, become a starter, what does that mean to you? It feels good just because they brought me in to make turnovers. So. Doing that, doing my job, I just got to keep going. All right, so more Saints-Bears conversation in just a moment with John Stinchcomb, Drew Holiday a little bit later. Stay with us. It's a great Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelican save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Football fans, travel to Shreveport, Bossier City on Saturday, December 27th and attend the 39th annual Duck Commander Independence Bowl. One of the oldest bowl games in the country, this year's matchup features the Miami Hurricanes taking on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. While in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Okay, Beth, our holiday party is almost here. You're bringing the cheese plate and meat tray, right? Check. Should be a great party. Party. Party favors. I knew I was missing something. Did someone say party favors? Patty, the the party party planner. planner. How about a party favor that really pays off? Look at these holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Pick up Happy Holidays, Peppermint Doubler, and Holiday $100,000 Party. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Fantastic party favors. You can scratch off your list. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our conversation continues about the big Saints win last night in Chicago. And uh, to join us here for the first time in in some time, uh, we're very pleased to welcome back Super Bowl champion Jonathan Stinchcomb to uh, to the show. Hello, my friend. Hello. Glad glad you finally had me back on. Well, you know, you're a busy man. You know, you've got your, uh, your career, your fatherhood that you're taken care of, but uh, I, I didn't hesitate yesterday to say, I want to hear what John Stinchcomb has to say after Monday Night Football here late in the season. What did you think of what transpired last night in Chicago? Well, I, it was much needed for the Saints team, especially uh, anytime you have a long week to dwell on a, a pretty rough loss at home against Carolina the previous week. Uh, the best way to 
heal some of your aches and pains is to get back out there and play football and uh, win in a resounding way like they did in Chicago. So it was much needed, and, and there was a, a lot to feel hopeful for for the rest of the season when you watched their performance last night. John, how hard is it uh, to go from an awful performance like you had against Carolina uh, and turn it around in a week's time? Well, it's tough, but it also, you know, in the NFL, the, the margin of, of error is minuscule. So I think you read the comments from some of the veteran players, including Zach from last week, and you see that um, it's not a lack of talent it's or, or really preparation. What it is is each time you take that field, it's got to be important, and it's got to be uh, that acute focus that you bring to the table. If not, uh, anybody can eat. Any, anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. That's why they say any given Sunday. So um, when you perform at a high level and your focus is uh, where it should be, you, you go out there and uh, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and I think that's what we saw last night. I think because I'm a Saints guy, and I think everybody knows that, and, and the same goes for you, I think I took a little umbrage uh, last night to the conversation that centered around whether or not the Saints were really good or the Bears were really bad. Um, and it's probably honest to talk about it. I just didn't like it because I didn't want to take away from what I thought the Saints' defense and what Drew and the offensive line everybody else accomplished. But if we are going to be objective, um, how would you address that conversation? Well, you come into the game uh, three games below five hundred, So uh, you have to understand that you know, you're not going to be lauded for uh, a performance that's one-sided. Uh, I, I think Chicago's reeling, and I think that's a very uh, accurate portrayal of, of the opponent the Saints faced last night. Is uh, You're not facing a, a, a finely tuned, highly performing machine in Chicago right now. But uh, with that said, I think what's going to be even more telling is, is how many weeks in a row can this New Orleans Saints team perform at the level uh, that they showed last night. Um, so far this season, uh, what we've seen is, is peaks and valleys. And for the consistent performers out there, those are the ones who are able to string two, three, four wins right in a row. Uh, and, and for the Saints to make the playoffs, these last two weeks are important. And then once you get to the playoffs, you, you don't want to be one and done. So uh, a lot left at stake for the Saints, and I think the assessment last night, uh, it's probably good that it'll ruffle, ruffle some feathers because you haven't really earned the right not to uh, not to be talked about in that way. Did any of the Saints assistant coaches or players reach out to you in the last week because of what you represented in the last, uh, you know, this, this, this current run with head coach Sean Payton? No. Uh, no? I, I think um, realistically – uh, there's a bunker mentality, and that's the way it should be. You, you look for what's in that locker room and uh, not try to outsource. Uh, I think any of the ails that they might have need to be found uh, solutions for within that locker room and, and not exteriorly. But do you know, I guess, I guess I bring this up because you represent a time where it clicked the best, and there was this, I guess, button pushing going on by the head coach uh, last week that that seemed to try and I don't want to say recreate what you all enjoyed in your locker room, but at the same time 
I guess it put everybody on notice. Is that? I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it was probably needed. And this is just my assessment outside looking in um, from a guy who, who watched pretty closely in preseason and understands the, the level of talent that they have in, in that locker room. And I think that's probably where the frustration comes in uh, across the board for players, for coaches, <clears throat> and especially the fans is, you look at the roster that's put together, and have there been injuries? Yes, uh, especially in the secondary. But that's a talent. It's, it's a team with real talent, young players that, that can play the game at a high level. There were changes that were made. Uh, but my assessment is it, it's young and immature, uh, and that's where the peaks and valleys comes in. The immaturity is um, not, not realizing that, Talent isn't enough uh, to be a consistent performer. Each week's got to matter, and you can't look at your opponent and say, oh, we're better than these guys, and expect to, to not have to play your best and come out with a win. I mean, when, when I was around, there were teams that, on paper and, and looking at their record, we should have beaten handedly, and you go in there with a lack of focus or, or feel like that, uh, you know, a 90% effort is going to cut it, and it doesn't. I mean, we, we, beat, we lost the teams that we shouldn't have. Um, and it, you look at the Super Bowl year, we found ways to, to overcome that. Um, thinking specifically of the Washington game in Miami where um, because of some veteran leadership, we were able to gut it out and understand that uh, we, for us to accomplish our big-picture goals that – uh, those games really matter. So I think once the young guys can kind of see a perspective of things, that this isn't the, the college ball where um, the margin of, of talent on teams is much greater, that, you know, in the NFL, you've got to show up each week. John Stinchcomb with us. Uh, John, you saw this team try to build, you know, during the preseason, obviously. Um, based on what you saw then, um, when did you start to say, uh-oh, and you, you, know, you referenced the youngness of this team, the immaturity of this team, um, when did that start to rear its head in your eyes, and did you see it coming? Well, it's, yeah. I don't think you can get a real good gauge in preseason. I just don't. I think you got a lot of different moving parts and uh, you know, a roster size swollen to the 90 players when right now it's uh, 45 on, on a game day. So, you, you can't get a good gauge. There were there were some concerns in that secondary, uh, just because I, I don't think you saw the same guys line up next to each other, and I think that's played out during the season. But I'm not going to pin it solely on one position group. It's across the board, um, and, and offensive and defense alike. So uh, I think there's uh, obvious reasons for frustration. Uh, really. What was the preseason talk? Really, all offseason talk was: Can this defense um, match the pacing of, of the offense from the New Orleans Saints, which has been the biggest question for however many years under the Coach Payton era? And I, I think after last season and Rob Ryan coming in and the rejuvenation of the defense, going from practically the worst defense in the league to top three statistically. Um, we've seen a, a large regression from that, and um, 
I think, visibly a, a, uh, a hunger issue, a uh, lack of um, priority and, and press. You know, some guys, once you get a little uh, praise and, and things start to look better, uh, they, they let up on the gas a little bit and think they've made it when um, you, you can never really feel that way. It's always got to be the hunger to go out there and prove and um, either attain that those accolades or once you once you start getting that praise is to earn, earn it every day, every opportunity you get a chance. And, um, you know, with young guys, it, that, that's a process. And they don't have some of the, the veteran leaders like other teams might to keep that in front of them. But um, another way when you don't have a veteran teaching you that is to experience it. And I, I think they've they've gotten some hard lessons this season. All right, you watched the game last night. They got after the quarterback. They uh, won the turnover battle. Drew was lights out due to a strong effort by his offensive line, and uh, the receivers were able to make some plays for him. The running game was fairly decent. But still, is there anything else that you'd like to see from this football team that can help them finish this thing out with two games to go? Here's what I like. Uh, let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Is uh, the diversity of plays, players, personnel groups, I think when the Saints are at their best, you see every aspect of the game. Just to see Pierre back in the mix with his uh, what he brings to the screen game, seeing the power running of Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson, uh, moving the pocket with Drew, just some of those bootlegs and uh, different different schemes, just so it's not shotgun formation, single back, where Drew's at seven yards and everybody knows what's coming. Uh, there was a, a, a great diversity of um, the offensive package. And I think for the Saints to be successful, uh, and when they are most successful, is that's what you see. You see a defense that's on their heels uh, because there's way too much that you have to protect against, against a, a very potent and dynamic offensive group that the Saints can present. So from that side of the ball, I think that's the, one of the keys to success for them. I will want to share with fans that your area code is still 504 on your telephone number, but you do live in the Atlanta area. So with that being said and being behind enemy lines, uh, Stinch, what is the talk right now in Atlanta going into now this very big game for both the Saints and the Falcons? Well, I, I think both sides realize that it's probably going to come down to the uh, this weekend and the winter. Uh, it's almost a winner-take-all mentality, and you know, Falcons fans are – I guess dejected is probably the best word because um, they were expecting to, to rally after a, what was it, 3-13 and 13 season for them last year, and they wanted that to be an anomaly. And really, if, if nothing else, this season's proven that they continue to have major holes that, that haven't been addressed and filled. And let me just be very clear, Sean, that uh, despite being born and raised in Atlanta, I am a lifelong hoodatter. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it's bragging rights for me every time the Saints get to uh, have an opportunity to beat the Falcons. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping for a, a big win. Selfishly, 
but also for this organization on uh, on this weekend. Yes, I, I, unfortunately, you have drawn the task of being embedded in enemy territory, and that's just the way it is. Uh, and I'm sorry about that, but um, that's the cross I yes, have to bear, Sean. Yes. But I'm willing to do it. On a, on a much better and lighter note, um, I will say this: while we're we're of course all bracing here for the Trans Siberian Orchestra to play us into the holidays at Smoothie King Center later this week. Uh, you, my friend, will also be enjoying a holiday spectacular of your own here later today, um, and we're oh, a little yes. jealous. There are, yes, there are a few Christmas performances that I'm looking forward to more than what's uh, coming this afternoon. What's at noon? Uh, my two-year-old daughter, who is um, full of personality, sometimes trying for parents, but hey, She's, uh, she's got her music performance today at noon, buddy, and I cannot wait. So it's going to be a good one. What's going to be the big number? Do you have any Do you have any preview to the show? Oh, I have. Every time we hop in the car, she's, uh, she's wishing us a Merry Christmas. And the arm is pumping and the elbow's flying high, and she's got jingle bells set to go. So there's at least two or three numbers that, that she's got down pat, and we've, uh, we've got some pretty good insight in just because of the car rides to and from. If I may steal a famous line, uh, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> That's it. Yes. That is it. I yes. can't wait. John Stinchko, Merry Christmas to you and your family. We miss you, and uh, thanks again for your time today. Thanks, John. Merry Christmas, bud. Thank you. Jonathan Stinchcomb with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Some great insight here as the Saints get ready for the Falcons after their big win last night. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 16th at 7 p.m. when the Utah Jazz come to town. The first 5,000 fans receive a free Tyreek Evans poster. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $13. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, seeing as how Hanukkah starts tonight and Christmas is next week, I thought it'd be fitting to uh, talk to a guy named Holiday here on the Black and Blue Report today. Drew Holiday joins us, and Drew, I'm, I'm curious over the years, how many bad puns have you heard about the name Holiday in this time of the year? Um, I guess about a million. <laughs> uh, they're actually all pretty much the same. Um, I don't know, like, what's your favorite holiday? Oh, Drew Holiday. I don't know, something like that. So it's it's all the same. 
I, I would imagine, though, your family smiles a little bit about this time of year because you do hear some of that stuff. We smile because it's Christmas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we smile because, obviously, uh, for our beliefs, we, you know what I mean, it's, it's Jesus' birthday. So uh, it's Christmas is, like, my family's favorite time just from the fact that it's Christmas, not really because uh, it's a holiday. So... You and I work in a business where sometimes being around family during the holidays is not so easy. I mean, how have you adjusted over the years? Um, I mean, it's, I guess it comes with a job. Uh, sometimes you get to be with them, sometimes you don't. Um, sometimes, you know, you want to share moments with your family uh, during the holidays or during, I don't know, uh, whatever the situation is. And uh, it just comes with a job. Sometimes you get to share with them, sometimes you don't. My mother, when I was growing up, you know, after she she grew up, where they went to everybody else's house at Christmas time. When we grew up, she said everybody can come to us, but we'll be at our house on Christmas Day. What was it like for you? Uh, every year we'd pick somebody's house. Uh, so if it was my grandmother's house or my aunt's house or if it was my parents' house, we all knew ahead of time and we knew what we we're gonna do, where we we're gonna meet. Uh, Carolyn uh, plays like kids came up with plays and dance moves and all, all these different like dance routines or whatever uh, we play outside have like a little block party so I mean it was we always knew what it was gonna happen but it was just always at a different place in a Southern California Christmas kind of way when was the first time you ever saw a white Christmas or snow around the holidays uh, I guess once I once I got to Philly actually no when I lived in Ruston there was one year where like everything iced over I might have been like Man, six or seven. Everything iced over, so uh, the power went out. Like, my family had to sleep in, in one bed. There's like six people in one bed, just to, like to stay warm. So, um, yeah, that was probably the first time. Are you a good gift giver? I'd like to think so. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty generous. Um, I guess if if you ask me what you want, like, I'm pretty much going to try to give it to you. Like, you know what I mean? But... Uh, if it's just like off the top, if I know the person, I think, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. My wife is awesome. My wife is, yeah, she's an awesome gift giver. So she's the creative one. She she, yeah. I'm not creative. Like, if you tell me what you want, you can be like, you know what, you're going to get what you want. You're going to like, you're going to like it. Yeah. But my wife's like more like, you're going to want it and it's going to be, have some meaning to it. So. Man, the mistake I made earlier in my marriage was she would, my wife would like drop little hints throughout the year. And then, I, then if we get to December, I'd be like, uh-oh, now what? So now I just make a list on my phone. See, there you go. Uh, I'm just still trying to be with my wife during Christmas. She's in Brazil, so uh, hopefully we get Christmas together. Speaking of family, what was it like the other night when Justin was on the floor at the same time you were at the NBA level? Um, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was hard not to try to cheer for him or not when he does something well or, you know I mean, something like that. So we caught a lob and... I mean, you want to give him a high five or whatever, but you really can't because he's on the opposite team and uh, in that competitive nature. But at the same time, you know, it's competitive. I mean, growing up, we're competitive against each other, but uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool. And then you fouled him. I said on the radio, it was holiday on holiday crime. No, he fouled me. Oh, he fouled you. Yeah, he fouled me. Uh, <laughs> I guess his big brother was looking out. He, he wanted to give me some points, so he, uh, he fouled me and put me to the free throw line. Did you know you're shooting like 56% of your last five games? No, I didn't. Has it, has, it, has it felt good here lately? Yeah, I mean, just really just being aggressive. Um, obviously, getting into the paint and, and knocking down like a eight-foot jump shot, uh, I think I've really taken that a lot. So, um, yeah, it feels good. It feels like my touch is there. This team is 6-2 and two when you have nine or more assists in the game. What's the balance between 
having an assist number nine or above, but yet at the same time also helping in the scoring yourself? How do you do it? I don't know. You, you make the right read. You make the right play. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's about being aggressive and having a healthy balance. Coach talks about having a healthy balance of, of scoring and getting your team into it. And, and as a point guard, you can't really can't really do too much of, of, of both or one or the other. Um, obviously, you know what I mean? They, you have to take what the defense gives you. So if they give you a, a jump shot or a layup, like you have to take it. But at the same time, as a point guard, you do have to get everybody else involved. It seems like they want to put you in one of two buckets. Either you're a pass first point guard or a score first point guard. Um, it seems rare that you can get both. Uh, or, are we, or are we doing the wrong thing by saying that? I mean, I think that's what I am. Uh, I'm actually, I guess I'd like to think that I'm a pass first point guard who can score. Um, I, I like to get everybody else involved because obviously I have the ball 70 to 90% of the time. So I, I mean, I can pretty much get a bucket or take a bad shot whenever I want to, to try to get a basket. Uh, but to get everybody else involved, I think that, that, that generates the team. Like that gives everybody energy to want to make the extra play, to, to want to make the, the, the right player the right pass. I always enjoy our visits. I'll, uh, I'll pass in the layup saying happy holidays to you. I'll say Merry Christmas, Drew. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay, Beth, our holiday party is almost here. You're bringing the cheese plate and meat tray, right? Check. Should be a great party. Party. Party favors. I knew I was missing something. Did someone say party favors? Patty the Party Planner. How about a party favor that really pays off? Look at these holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Pick up Happy Holidays, Peppermint Doubler, and Holiday $100,000 Party. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Fantastic party favors you can scratch off your list. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 16th at 7 p.m. when the Utah Jazz come to town. The first 5,000 fans receive a free Tyreek Evans poster. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $13. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. You can always get the, uh, the lineup to the show on the uh, Twitter accounts of the Black and Blue Report. That's at Black Blue Report. You can also certainly follow me. I would appreciate it. At Sean Kelly Live or at D. Salerson, Daniel Salerson, of course. So much a big part of our show. Uh, he will be back on the program tomorrow when he talks with Jake Seeley. It'll be their final uh, fantasy football visit of the year. I guess this would be more for the folks that are playing on a weekly basis. Or, Daniel, would you say that? We're not... Pretty much everybody's done, right, with fantasy football leagues, but you can still play. Oh, it is championship week. See, I, this is why Daniel's with us on Wednesdays to be with Jake Seeley. Tomorrow on Wednesday, obviously, a Wesley Wednesday as well. Uh, David Wesley will stop by and help us talk uh, Pelicans, certainly about the, uh, the Jazz game tonight, but then previewing also the Thursday matchup at Houston. Speaking of the Utah Jazz and the Pelicans tonight, uh, tickets start as low as $13 for tonight's ballgame. The first 5,000 fans here at Smoothie King Center tonight also get a free Tyreek Evans poster. Very cool. And uh, I would say that the game floor tonight will have a very Christmassy feel to it. Uh, the Pelicans are wearing their alternate red uniforms tonight, and the Utah Jazz are wearing their green 
uniforms. Aha, there you go. I think it's just coincidence, but it does make for a nice uh, Christmas story. Happy Hanukkah to those uh, who are celebrating. I think that begins this evening. We wish them all the best uh, in the celebration of lights. And so to all of you, happy holidays, as Drew Holiday would say. Uh, And we'll see you tonight on the radio. 7 o'clock Central is the start time for Pelicans and Jazz. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. As always, found on Pelicans.com, NewOrleansSaints.com, both teams' mobile apps, and free to you on iTunes. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. We'll be right back.